welcome to the Path to Me podcast, where we share the journeys of how we became the people that we are today. Expect to be inspired as guests and myself have real conversations about how we overcame doubt, fear, and shame to show up as the realest versions of ourselves. I am your host, Sarah. I truly believe that the key to finding your power is through finding your voice. Listen in as we provide simple, tangible tools that you can implement today as you continue down. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Paige Kerman. Paige is the president of Wink Digital. And this was brand new to this show because as we got a chance to speak with a female-owned company that is a marketing agency. And she shared so many valuable tools with us about how to market your business. And what does that look like? What is marketing? As well as how to really be true to yourself and listen to what you need and build a business with alignment. And also learning how to ask and build your team that builds a sustainable business. So it's not just about numbers and forecasting. Yes, that's important. But she dove into so many other areas that I think are incredible valuable. So Paige is the guiding force behind Wink Digital. With a background in interactive art, UX design, and web design, she translated her skill set into developing an agency focusing on a holistic, effective, and enjoyable approach to marketing. Her strengths lie in implementing multifaceted plans to connect goals and ideas with action. As a creative, Paige boldly embraces non-traditional uses of color and texture to create engaging visual experiences. As a business owner, Paige prides herself on building a people-first company where the joy of her staff and success of her programs and the online visibility of her clients is elevated by the relationships that she builds. And she is honestly a truly beautiful human. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. Welcome to the show today, Paige. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you. So excited to be here. Well, let's get started so people can get to know a little bit more about you. Where are you from? I am originally from Denver, Colorado, but I live in Portland, Oregon right now. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Are you a reader? And if so, do you have a book that has been impactful for you? I am not a huge reader, but I would say maybe twice or three times a year, I pick up a book that I just feel like, you know what, it's the time for me to read this, whatever. And the one that I've loved the most over the past few years is called Scale. And it's more of a business book than anything But one of the things that they really talk about is just how so much of running a business, you don't really ever think about evaluating your situation and you just keep driving towards this goal. And it's nice to hear someone say, okay, maybe go back to the beginning and think about if what you're offering even makes sense to people. (laughs) So I thought that was a really impactful one. That is really impactful. And that is probably something that we will come back to, I'm assuming with um, part of your story. Yes. What is something that lights you up and drives you? Like what really drives you? I would say the thing that lights me up and drives me is this idea of having a future that feels very in line with what I'm looking for. So, you know, personally, um, one of the things I would love to do with my life is open an animal sanctuary. And, you know, of course, marketing and animal sanctuaries have very little in common. But ultimately, what really lights me and drives me is this idea of working towards a future where I can have that, where I can have land and where I can, you know, use my talents to actually promote, you know, this, this sanctuary that I want to build. So I would say working towards that is really what keeps me moving forward. 
I love that. Absolutely love that. I mean, I would be surrounded by animals all day long if I could. I love, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I have a dog. I have one dog. She's very, a ton of, ton of energy. (laughs) She's an Aussie doodle. So Australian shepherd and poodle. So yeah, there are definitely times we were literally just walking last night and somebody said, Oh, is she a puppy? And I'm like, Nope, she's four and a half. (laughs) Oh my gosh. She's just got lots of energy. Oh my gosh. I have two little Havanese. Um, mm-hmm. They're six and eight, so they're not puppies, but I always call them puppies because same thing. They have that energy. They always bounce from place to place. They never walk. It's yeah, it's really cute. But you know, I think that animals just bring so much joy to the world. They do. I couldn't agree more. And I love the idea of an animal sanctuary. I absolutely love that. So as you, this has been something that you would, you want to continue to work towards that you see that yourself creating. Can you take us back to a point in your life? Is this how it, like, is this always been a goal for you or did your vision change over time? Yeah. I mean, I would say my, my vision definitely changed. So I actually became vegetarian when I was about six years old. It was really important to me to stop eating animals and all this stuff. You know, I just, I felt like that was very in line with what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then as the years went on, I started realizing more and more how much it impacted me to see, you know, other animals suffering and hurting and things like that. So I became vegan. And then I would say it was about, you know, maybe two or three years ago, when I started just really feeling like I wasn't fulfilled in my, my mission, you know, for myself, I love what I do for a career and I would not change it for anything in the world. But there was a part of me that says, you know, marketing isn't really helping people, you know, it's helping businesses. And I'm grateful for that, but it's not necessarily changing lives. It's not altering the course of humanity, things like that, nor is it really doing the things that I value in life. So I started looking for little ways to, actually move towards that a little bit more. So I um, started fostering dogs, which has been really fun and things like that. And so I would say my goal has definitely shifted over time, but the values behind it definitely remain the same. So have you always had a career in marketing? Is that where you have worked most of your, yes. Okay. Awesome. Yes. So actually since I was about 19. Yeah. Wow. What do you love about it? And what do you not love about it? Oh gosh. Well, many things in both directions. I think the thing that I love about it is that you do get your hands on so many different things. So no day looks exactly the same as the next. You get to work with a bunch of really cool, interesting clients who have really amazing stories. You get to help build their businesses into something that is achieving their goals. And that part is really cool. The thing that I think is challenging about it is that you are kind of always at the mercy of what someone else needs. And so there are very few days where I get to just take a breather and have a day to myself and do whatever, because, you know, it's always making sure that someone's website is functioning properly. Someone's ads are running correctly, things like that. And I almost wonder, is it even, I mean, we have our phones 24 seven. If we don't put some boundaries on our own phones, we have them. And I think sometimes what happens then is that we get used to using them all the time. And then we'll send a message to somebody and without respecting other boundaries. So has that been something you've had to kind of figure out as you go or notice the difference in? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the first thing that comes to my mind when you say that is last year, I felt especially just with the confines of COVID where we were in our houses 24 seven, 
our living space became our workspace, things like that. It was really emotionally impactful for me. I just was really troubled by it and just couldn't get any separation from my phone because of course your phone has your emails on it. It has your Instagram, it has your Facebook, it has everything. With everything going on last year, I just couldn't tolerate it. So I actually switched to a flip phone for the majority of the year and just decided, you know what? No, I'm not dealing with emails on my phone. I'm not doing any of that. Once 5 p.m. hits, I'm turning everything off. I'm going back to 2009 technology. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Okay. So you talked a little bit about that, almost those, not anxiety, but those times of energy where it was just too much. Is that how you knew that it was like something has to change? Or when is there a point in your life where you're like, no, this way is not working? Because you've talked about alignment a couple of times. How do you know when it's not in alignment for you? You know, I would like to say that I'm better about knowing, but I I genuinely don't think I am. I think that I'm the type of person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm the type of person that I'll just push until I break. And then when I break, I'm like, okay, I guess something needs to change here because I'm not feeling good. But you know, I think the the real way that I start knowing that something's out of alignment is when I start procrastinating on tasks that should be easy to do. For me, it's like, I, I spend all day on my computer. I can answer emails in my sleep. When I start noticing that I don't want to answer emails or that it's getting stressful to look at my email inbox, that's when I start saying, okay, I probably need to take a step back here. That's a really good point. Thank you for sharing that because I could just, I already could see a point. I'm like, oh, you know what? That one thing that I've been putting off for a long time that actually wasn't even that hard. Yeah. That's when it's like, it wasn't that hard. Exactly. I think we all do it. I think it's like human nature to prioritize the things that feel easy and good to us. And then the things that feel harder to us, we just kind of let fall behind until we need to do them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, when you start noticing the things that should be easy and fun for you being stressful and anxiety producing and just not feeling like what you want to do in the moment, I think that's when you know that it's time for a shift. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's what I know. No, I appreciate you saying that. I think that that's a really, really good point because I think there's been so like, there's so many different learning curves that we've all been on this past year, year and a half now, and depending where you are. And it's definitely been a space, like you said, of learning. Like I, I immediately turned an office across from another bedroom, across from my room into an office. And all of a sudden I was realizing that I was like working all hours And it was like, I had to create a routine where it's like, this turns off, this turns off, this door Mm -hmm. closes. Sounds so regimented and silly, but it was what my brain had to do. Put timers on my phone so I don't work at a certain point in time. And I think we have to do that when we realize that something isn't working, but we also have to accept and realize that. And I think when we're building businesses, a lot of people out of scratch, right? Like when we're starting, you almost become this yes person that you say everything because you don't Mm -hmm. want to miss something. But then there's also that train of thought that you can't miss something that's meant for you. So it's, you know, we don't have to do it all. Absolutely. And I think there's also a part of training other people around your boundaries is that's the hardest thing that it, it really is for me is that for so many years, I just said yes to answering emails at 1am at 2am at 5am. And I never had a cutoff time where I was like, Oh no, I'm not available because I need to be with my family. I'm not available, whatever. You know, I remember two years ago on Christmas day, I was working 
It's like, I don't want to be working on Christmas day, but that's what I did. And so part of it is that I trained people to expect that that was what I was okay with. And so then when it came time for me to make a change, a lot of the change that I had to make was really training people. Hey, you know, I'm actually not available on this day. I'm happy to get to it tomorrow, but I can't jump on it right away for you. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, you set those boundaries in place and then you have to train other people how to handle them. And that's, I had a client reach out to me not that long ago. And she said, you know, I had a new consult reach out to me on Friday at 4 PM. And when I hadn't answered by Saturday at 9 AM, they were, they were leaving these terrible messages on my phone saying like, why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing this? And nobody understands my boundaries. I'm like, but have you ever implemented them? Like if you haven't implemented them, then we can't be frustrated when nobody else understands them. We have to to go first. Yeah, absolutely. I started putting like just at the bottom of my email signature saying, here's my office hours. So that way, if someone doesn't get a reply from me during office hours, they at least know what they are. (laughs) You know, they can choose to be frustrated or not, but at least I've told them, okay, not working past five. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. So do you have your own business or tell us a little bit more about your business and what you do? Yeah. So I own a marketing agency. We are really a full-scale marketing agency. We handle everything from web design development to app design development to email marketing, social media, the whole shebang. Wow. It's, it's been great. Yeah. And how long have you, have you had this business? I have been in business for five years, five years. Good for you. Good for you. And as you do this, like with all those moving parts, what are some of the things that you've learned as you've come through this? Oh gosh. Well, there's so many that I feel like I can't even scratch the surface. I think the the biggest thing that I think I've learned about myself is that my self-worth isn't dependent on how much I produce or the value I produce. It's really, you know, that's taken a, a long time to learn. And finally this year I felt good with that. But I think on kind of a broader scale, as it relates to the business, the the best thing I've learned is that the people around you have the ability to really make or break what you're doing. So if you're engaged with your team and you love what you're doing and you love your clients and who you're working with, life feels very easy. And then when you have projects where you're just, you're not interested or you accept a client who maybe gave you red flags in the beginning and maybe you shouldn't have. have. You have to get to a point where you recognize that some clients are not for you and it's okay to say no. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's one of the hardest things, especially as business owners that are are growing, like you said, we, we get in this yes mentality where we're like, okay, well, we have to say no, or we can't say no to anything because if we miss something, it may never come around again. In all honesty, you know, I thought this was so cliche when people said this to me at the beginning of starting my business, but you have to say no to these things so that you can make room for the opportunities that you actually want. I have spent years. I mean, I would say the first three years of running my business, I was burning my team out, truly burning them out because I was expecting this level of grind of like, okay, well, we have to do this because we can't miss this opportunity. And if we miss this opportunity, it may never come around again. And so you need to push harder. And for years, it just, it wasn't fitting with what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And so finally it got to the point where we're like, okay, you know what? We're just going to say no to what we can't handle here. Or if someone comes to us saying, you know, I have a $2,000 budget. Can you build us a 10 page website? The answer has got to be no. It's just going to burn us out if we say yes to that. 
And was it hard to come to that space? Like, obviously we almost, I don't want to say fail because it's not fail. We almost have to fall to realize that our way isn't working. And then it's like, okay, we have to, and you can't be everything to everybody. You're not going to service a hundred percent of the people that come across your doorstep. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the most impactful ways that I kind of have realized that the way I was doing things wasn't working is at the end of every calendar year, when I sit down with my team for kind of our end of year meeting, wrap up, things like that, I ask my team to give me a, a roast. Obviously, don't make it so mean I'm going to cry myself to sleep, but like, tell me what I did wrong this year. Because ultimately, we are not our own best critics. We're constantly hypercritical of the things maybe we shouldn't be critical of. And we're not critical enough of the things that we should be. So hearing it from people who have the same goal as you, you know, my team wants us to succeed. My team wants to love their job. My team wants to be here for a long time. And so hearing from them what I was doing that wasn't working either on a company perspective or on a personal perspective was really helpful to figuring out, you know, what do I need to do to change to make this a better environment for everyone? I love this. And I I think the reason I love it the most is because so many people are not willing to ask the questions for feedback. And I'm going to guess like that's a very vulnerable place to be from. But if you can create a culture where your team has the ability to speak and give feedback, because they're still seeing things differently than what you are, then that can help all of you grow. So you you obviously have committed to your own personal growth, because that is not something that most people would put themselves out there to do that. Yet, if you don't do it, that's the one thing that's holding you back from growing your business is you. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I kind of had to, I had to toughen up a little bit and get over it because the first time I did it, I was like, I felt very impacted by it. I was like, oh, well, they don't like me. They don't think I'm a good leader, things like that. And it's not that it's that these people who have chosen to join your team, they're not joining it just because they need a job. They could find a job likely anywhere. These people who are choosing to join your team are choosing it because they believe in you. They believe in what you're doing. They want to do the work that you're doing. And so when thinking about, you know, me getting very emotional about it and saying, oh, well, I don't want to accept this feedback. It wasn't feeling good to me, things like that. Toughen up. These people are here because they want to do this and they want you to succeed. So if you're not willing to listen to them, get out because this is not get easier from here. This feedback is from the people that actually care about you. Imagine what the people who don't care about you would say. Well, and, so. and that's a great way to say it because you are going to get feedback from people who are not part of your team. And sometimes that feedback can be like, ouch, that really stings. And, but they're not your people and that's fine. But putting yourself in the position there, I am assuming that has been a major part of your growth because that's how we grow, right? We have to be willing to look either in the mirror or take that feedback from someone else to say, what is not working? Mm-hmm. Like what is literally yeah. not working? Because why are we going to keep Absolutely. doing it if it's not? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's worthwhile. So, so worthwhile. The other thing that I love that you said, and I mean, this is a chance for you to toot your horn because honestly, it sounds like you have built an incredible business. You said this self-worth is not tied to your business success. How did you separate that out? And when you could see that differently, did that change your business 
at all. Like, I'm just curious mm-hmm. how I just want to talk about this because you're female run, right? This is a very successful business and I haven't figured out the whole archetype yet, but women tend to tie a lot of worth to things that we don't necessarily need to. And then it right. gets all muddled. So I just kind of want to give you a chance to talk about that. Yeah. So I would say that for the first maybe two to three years of the, running the business, I was I was very set on a volume where I was like, okay, I need to scale by this much every year, not only in revenue, but also a number of projects that we took on, things like that. You know, I really, I loved doing it because I was excited to grow the business and excited to have more people to collaborate with and things like that. But eventually it got to the point where the only way I was finding success in my day-to-day life was, am I selling enough? Are our numbers looking good enough? And are our clients happy enough? All of those things made me feel like shit, except for knowing our clients were happy. You know, it was just, it was the only thing I really cared about at the end of the day to the people we're working with actually want to be working with us. The rest of the stuff probably shouldn't matter or shouldn't matter as much as I was putting an emphasis on it. Of course, I need to sell a certain amount to keep the business mm-hmm. alive, of course. but I didn't need to go home and say, wow, I shouldn't be able to sleep tonight because I didn't sell what I needed to today. Mm-hmm. And that was really, it was really damaging. And I mean, honestly, I think it destroyed a lot of relationships. It ruined many of the people that I was closest to just because I was kind of projecting my feelings onto them and, you know, saying like, well, I didn't get what I needed to done. So you haven't gotten what you needed to done and you need to keep going. And it sounds so ridiculous when I say it out loud now, but in the moment, that's how you're feeling. And that's how it comes out and it, it wasn't super healthy, but I will say that starting, I would say starting mid 2020, when I kind of accepted, I am a small business owner. It's possible that in the next year from, you know, when COVID started to now we're kind of in a post pandemic world, but not really yet. I accepted that my business might fail. If it does, part of it might be my fault, but a lot of it might not. And I have to be okay with the fact that we may not survive. And I'm really grateful that last year we we thrived. This year we continue to thrive and it's extremely grateful. But I also had to separate my self-worth a lot from how we were doing as a business where I had to say, okay, you know what? If the business is suffering, I don't need to go home and feel like I can't sleep at night because there's nothing I can do in this 12-hour period that's going to alter the course of our business. There's nothing I can do between now and 6 a.m. when I would normally wake up that will change our revenue picture, things like that. And so really accepting that was, I think was important and necessary to grow the business. Um, and, you know, just recently we, we landed our, our biggest client that we've ever gotten. And I'm very proud of it. You know, we worked really hard to get this, but and it's a, it's a business changer for us. We're, you know, this is something that I didn't think that we would have the opportunity to do for another five years, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But it came at a time where literally one day, I think maybe five days before it, I considered just saying, you know what, I'm done. I just want to walk away. Sometimes life is too stressful. And, you know, I'm so, I'm so grateful I didn't, but it's okay to have those moments where you're like, okay, my self-worth feels very tied to the business, but then remembering that it's okay for both to exist in their own universe and knowing that you can give your all to the business and give your all to your own mental health and your own physical health and things like that and still have a well-rounded, happy life. I love that you shared that. There's a couple of things there that really hit home. And it's the fact that like, I find whenever I am attached 
to the outcome, or I have expectations of what it's supposed to look like, or who is going to come into what project, who I'm going to get to work with, etc. Then all of a sudden I'm fixated over here and I'm missing other opportunities that are around me. And as soon as I can learn and I catch myself and I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 stop attaching to that outcome. All of a sudden I get a message from somebody out of nowhere. Who's like, oh my gosh, your, your content just feels like it's hitting me in the face. And how do I work with you? And I'm like, where'd they come from? Like, where, where did that come from? We're so focused over here that we miss incredible opportunities. And then what can happen is I've been in the moments where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just can't do this anymore. I want to go do something easier. This is too much. And my self-worth gets wrapped up in this over here. And instead by being unattached to it, you can open up different opportunities and have things like this happen where it comes in. It's like, oh, you were ready to handle this kind of an opportunity because you were staying open to what was available. Yeah, exactly. And but it, it is so hard when you have these moments where you feel like you've been working towards this goal your entire life and you want to achieve this one thing. And then, you know, separating yourself from that can be really challenging because you think like, okay, well, if I don't get this, am I still as confident as I think I am? Am I as successful as I think I am? Am I as capable? You know, all these things, it really does get tied a lot to that outcome. And so separating it is not only important, but I really feel like vital to your success as a human, but also as a business owner. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that because I I believe without you, that business doesn't go. So you have to be your best self, take care of you, do the things that you need so that your best self can come forward into your business every day. A lot of people just, it's only business. I love all things business, but you have to be, you are the business, right? You are that face of it. So you have to keep doing that work on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't, you know, everything's going to suffer. It's going to be a domino effect. And yeah. I think other people will also feel it. You know, if you're, if you're not feeling good yourself and if you're not taking care of yourself, people are going to say, Hmm, is she okay to handle this big project? Is she, you know, is she strong enough to handle all these different juggling pieces, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it comes across to other people. If you're not giving yourself the attention you deserve. That's awesome. I love it. What are you most excited about finishing out this year or even looking at the next six to 12 months for your business? For my business, I would say the biggest thing that I'm I'm excited about is this big new project that we got. This will be, it's a nine week project. So it's fast. And it's something that we usually don't commit to as big of things in as fast of timelines, but this is a project that we feel very aligned with and just feels good to us. Um, and so we were like, you know what, let's, let's deal with the challenge. Let's buckle up. We've had a nice year of a relatively cushy summer where we've been able to go on vacation and head out of office at 4 p.m. or whatever. Um, but this is a, a time where it's like, okay, let's have a strong finish towards the, the new year. Um, so I think that's really what I'm looking forward to in terms of finishing up the year really in a strong way. And then in the next six to 12 months from a business perspective, I think the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is just seeing how this year's kind of end of year review of myself and what we've been doing. You know, we always do each individual team members reviews, things like that. I love seeing how that shows up in the new year where everyone's committed to 
more growth, more energy, had time off over the holidays. So they feel more equipped to kind of tackle the new year head on mm-hmm. things like that. I love it. It's either those are concrete, but no, 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 they're great. They're great. And I think that's another piece of it is that in order to set myself up for a good day tomorrow, it also requires what I'm doing today. What happens Mm -hmm. next month comes from the seeds I plant now. It doesn't mean that you fall into the trap because I could fall in the trap easily, but at post COVID for me, when starting this business full-time, it was like, okay, I'm actually going to do this and not burn out and have great self-care and good balance. That was my mission, more of that as opposed to what dollars the business could generate or how many clients. I wanted both for the first time. It was like, nope, mm-hmm. this is a top priority this time. It's amazing because then it's sustainable. To me, it's sustainable instead of trying to go, 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 and then burn out for 10 days and need to be down and out and then start over again. Absolutely. Yeah. Could not agree more. So where do people connect with you and where is the best place to reach out? I'll have all your information in the show notes, but where's the best place to reach out and connect with you? Oh gosh, I would love to. I'm great at social media, but I am not great at social media. I personally am like, oh, okay, let's let the people that I know what they're doing handle this. We can be found on Instagram. I personally am at Pagey K and you'll mostly see pictures of food and dogs on there. So buckle up and you can reach out to me at page at madebywink.com. And then our business website is madebywink.com. And our business Instagram handle is at madexwink. Made by Wink. Where did that come from? Where did the name come from? So the name came from kind of a, a funny just exploration. We were trying to figure out brand names, things like that. And we just started throwing out words that felt sticky and like they would really resonate with someone without being so much of a mouthful that someone couldn't remember it. So Wink Digital is what we decided on. And we actually decided to incorporate some elements of what we actually do into it by making the I and the Wink a semicolon. The first reason, because it's cheeky and cute. We use a semicolon to make a winky face. Also because a semicolon in code is often what binds two lines of code together. It's what ends a sentence. So it is the thing that really links your ideas and your goals with action. Oh, I love that. So, I'm so glad I asked that question. Yeah. Threw out so many words that we were just kind of laughing at. And when we threw out wink, we were like, maybe let's think about it a little more. And then the more we sat with it, the more wonderful it felt. And so mm-hmm. we're happy with it. That's awesome. Can you share what impact you want to make in the world? Your key impact, what you are here to make? I would say right now, the impact I would like to make is reminding people just that your your work and your identity can exist in two different spheres. And I think the impact that I want to make to people is helping women realize that running a business is amazing and cool and can be really fulfilling, but to not let that dominate your identity and to still make sure that you make time for yourself and still love yourself in the way that you would if you were working a nine to five job and you could cut your cell phone off at 5 p.m. and not take any more calls, things like that. My very short life so far, that's, that's the impact I would like to make. I love it. As more and more women, I was just hearing a number, I think it was last week. And they were saying, you know, during pandemic, post pandemic, that I think it's like 54, 56% of all jobs lost have been women. And they are in their homes, trying to juggle kids or whatever it is. And they are trying to figure out how to create businesses and what to do. I know there's definitely more and more markets there, but really helping them to understand what their identity is. And it doesn't have to be wrapped up strictly in the business, but they can also create something over here that can also serve themselves and their family. 
Absolutely. And I think that there is a space in the world for both. I always tell you know my friends and family when they say, are you happy you started a business? And I always say, ask me on another day and I might say no, because it's never easy. And so really deciding if starting a business is the thing that's right for you, do it, go all in, have fun with it, enjoy it, make time for yourself, but really dedicate your all to it. But also remember that not everyone in the world is meant to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone in the world is meant to start a business. I, my business would not, not succeed without the people that work for me. And I think they are arguably more vital to the business than I am. And so it's important to note that if you are going to start a business, give it your all. But if you don't want to, don't feel like you need to to build this life for you that other people think you should, you know, do what feels true to you, even if it's not the most glamorous thing. Oh, I love it. I think, well, this is the thing is we all have strengths, right? We all have key strengths of what we can do and what might feel like, you know, there are things in my business that I could do. It would take me three times as long as somebody else. And it's not my gift and not my strength. Yet the person over here who I have helping is phenomenal at what they're doing. And they can do it, you know, again, way faster than I can. And it is their strength. That is their gift. So we all have different areas of strength. And our job is to find what isn't ours and learn how to offload that, which is, is a challenging circuit, right, to learn from. But it's something we're always learning. Big time. And also a big pride thing when you realize, oh, something that I can do in 40 minutes, someone can do in, you know, 20 seconds. It's a big piece of humble pie right there. It definitely is. It definitely is. I want to ask you, looking at the online space, what is a piece of advice you could give to all of these different entrepreneurs out there who are trying to build their business, reach their people, do their things? What are some of the key things marketing-wise that could give them as tips? I think there are two big things. The first one is stop doing the traditional marketing path. There are all of these coaches out there and courses out there right now that have this algorithm for how to make six figures or how to scale your business or things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's not a one size fits all scenario. You can't post five times on Instagram a week, expect the same reaction to your content as to someone else's across the block. It's completely different things. So what I always tell people is have fun with your marketing and explore places that feel really good to you. So for instance, I like to tell the story of back when I was in the dating world, I got a lot of clients from Tinder, which is ridiculous. It should not be a marketing tool, but people would write to me and they'd be interested in, you know, my bio and what I had to say. And then we'd meet and then I find out that, Hey, they're a business owner. They actually might need my services. And if we get along well as humans, but that was a romantic relationship, why not turn it into a a marketing tool? So it ended up just being great for me. I've also seen great success from people kind of out of the box tactics, like, you know, paying it forward at Starbucks. Hey, I want to pay for the next person in line, but in exchange, can you give them my business card and just tell them? That's a neat one. I've paid before for people behind me, but I've never thought of to pass on the business card. If they look at it and throw in the garbage, that's fine. But they look at it and say, oh, this person owns a marketing agency. Actually, I need marketing help. It it can help right there. So, you know, even though I personally have not done that one, a lot of my clients have had good success with that. And ultimately, the best thing I can say about marketing is stop trying to do what works and focus on what works for you. Um, and really just be true to what you want your outcome to be and figure out where to start. 
That's some great advice, honestly. Um, and I think it's it's so, so good. When you think of marketing, there's so many different ways. Just a quick story I want to share. We are in the middle of an election here in Canada. My doorbell rang on Saturday. And our, I mean, I don't know about you, but like our doorbells don't ring very much anymore. People do no. not Amazon order or something. It just is like not happening. Yeah. And I looked out, I'm like, oh gosh, what are they selling? Like, I just like immediately, that's what I, my brain went to. But I decided to open up the door and it was our local candidate, female in her, like just literally her Lulu clothes, her running shoes. And she was just going door to door. She wanted to meet people. She goes, I'm not here to say, I just wanted to introduce myself, put a face to the card. And I stopped and I said, you know what? That's damn impressive. Like, I actually just want to give you, that's really impressive that you're taking the time to do that. And she goes, you know what? I don't know if people voted yet. I don't know what, but I wanted to at least put a face to a name. And I'm like, especially in this time of digital, nobody does that now. Absolutely. Another thing about that is that it's so cool that she was willing to do something that, like you said, no one else is doing, but it's also very humanizing because in this world of online marketing and, you know, this is what I do all day where I spend all day computer, there is nothing that replaces human to human contact. There's never going to be anything close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would say that that's why I think that these out of the box marketing techniques where you're not sticking just to posting on social media X number of times a week, and you're not just sending out email marketing campaigns, but rather, you know, trying to engage with people, develop real relationships. Your best clients are going to be people that you have relationships with, not mm-hmm. people that you just pick up online and say, okay, well, I guess I'll take your money now. <laughs> Isn't it? So. Yeah, that's so, I just found it to be so good. And we go back to know, like, and trust. Those are important mm-hmm. values when it comes to who we work with. And that can also take time. I think that can take time in the online space to build that know, like, and trust factor. And then if there's opportunities where people can get to know you, and I say with some of my clients, like videos, like let yourself be seen online so that they can, they can hear you. They can hear how you speak. Yeah. And all of a sudden they feel like they've kind of got a fast track to get to know you a little bit more. It's not just words and no person there. Yeah, absolutely. And the the other thing that I would say, if you're in a business that pitches people, don't do a pitch on the phone. Don't do a pitch, you know, if you have to do it on the phone or over Zoom. That's people like if you have the opportunity to sit down with someone and meet them, take that opportunity because if someone can see, like you said, how you walk, how you talk, how you smile. I mean, I have a quirky little thing where like I kind of talk out of one side of my mouth. And when people see that, it's just, it's very humanizing. And even if you say, that's a really weird characteristic page, it at least tells, you know, it tells more about me and like how I exist in the world. And so it is nice to, it is nice to see that from other people. I'm always more inclined to work with people that I've seen in person and, you know, like they're not afraid to come into my office and have a cocktail here. They're not afraid to ask me on a coffee date because they want to review a report with me, something like that. You know, those types of relationships, I think matter more. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. And I know that that definitely hits home. I also think in the online space that there is just this cultivating of a relationship or people get, because we're not in the same space. And, you know, all of a sudden, sometimes there might be, I had a message from somebody who said, I would love to have a chat and see about working together. Well, we first met like eight months ago 
And she said, I've been watching your stuff and I kind of want to connect and I want to do. So when I asked her, I said, what was it? And there was a couple of posts or whatever it was messaging that hit her. And she decided to say yes, but it was really came from the fact that we have, you've built a relationship. And I think that goes back to the very, very beginning where we were talking about, like you, you plant these seeds now and your job is to keep planting seeds and cultivate as much as you can. But when that seed is ready, it's not necessarily up to you. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of things in life that work that way now. I mean, even look at online dating where you could write a bio that hits home perfectly for someone else. And they're like, yes, this person's really interesting. And then the next person will look at you and say, nope, that person's not for me and move on. And then like you said, where sometimes you'll meet someone in person and it'll click right away and you'll say, wow, this person's a great client for me, or this person's a great friend for me, or this person's a great romantic partner for me. But you don't necessarily get to decide when that timing is or what you say that makes another person think that. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see that, you know, play out in multiple aspects of your life, not only in business, but in a personal setting too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's just so fascinating. It's always a learning curve. Like literally in business is always constantly a learning curve and having lots of grace, compassion, and a sense of humor. I find sometimes you just have to have that because it doesn't always go exactly as you plan, which is most of the time. Yeah, exactly. I I think that a good thing to expect in business is that it's never going to go the way you want and to just accept that you're going to get knocked around a little bit and to just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So true. So true. Last question I have for you is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh gosh. I think the one that has stuck with me the most over the years is the little mantra, how you do anything is how you do everything. Um, I think that lesson, that lesson was instilled in me by um, someone when I was about, I would say 18 or 19 years old. And I was, I was training to be a runner and, you know, obviously not a professional runner because look at me, but, (laughs) but, you know, I was, I was training to, to run marathons and run half marathons and things like that. And there were days where I just didn't want to roll out of bed. And I was, you know, saying, Oh, well, maybe I'll turn my 12 mile run into an eight mile run. And the thing that this woman taught me was if you're showing up that way in one aspect of your life where you're cutting corners and you're taking the easy way out and not pushing yourself, things like that, that message is communicated across all aspects of your life. And, you know, I even think about that in terms of my house now, where I used to kind of be nonchalant about how my house looked. If it was disorganized, I'd care. If it was a little bit dirty, eh, I'd get to it tomorrow, whatever. But what really sat with me was, okay, well, if I'm willing to let my house be disorganized and my bed be left unmade and things like that. Again, it's cutting corners. It's, you know, just not caring enough about the things that should be really important to me things like that. And so that message is communicated across everything you do. If someone comes in your house and they see that your house is a mess, they're going to say, oh, her business is probably a little bit of a mess too. I think that that's a really fair statement. And I absolutely love that quote is like, how you do anything is how you do everything. And it's just, you know, sometimes you just have to trust that that message is true and clear. And I, yeah, I, I have a friend who I love to pieces and I will never call out on this to say her car is a mess is like an absolute understatement. And we always joke about it because that carries through into everything. And so we do tease. She goes, I know I have to get more organized. I'm like, but it all of a sudden 
can go into spill into so many different areas. Yeah. And I used to be that kind of person. I think my friends used to get in my car and go, Ooh, this is like, you have used Tupperware from three weeks ago. And I'm like, well, busy. I live in my car practically, you know, I'm going from meeting to meeting all day and all time. And then what really kind of struck me was like, okay, you make time for the things that are important to you. Mm -hmm. If it's important to you to communicate this message that you're on top of it, you're organized, that you're, you know, you're clean, you're polite, you're timely, things like that. Those messages are translated through all of your mediums, not just the things that you show publicly. Mm -hmm. And so starting this year, I was like, okay, I'm going to be more diligent about getting my car washed every month and things like that, where it doesn't matter to most people that my car has not been washed. No, I live in Oregon. It's going to rain in a week anyways, (laughs) but it's important to me to, you know, make that intention set with myself that if I'm willing to show up as a slob in one area, I'd better be willing to communicate that message to everything. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Honestly, thank you for this conversation. You shared a lot of different things that I haven't had somebody on here sharing from their business marketing wise tips and tools of what to do in their business and sharing that journey with us. So I honestly, thank you so much because you've given a ton of value. Well, thank you. I think that your, your podcast is helping so many people just see world, the world from different aspects and see different people's lives and stories and everyone has everyone has their own stuff going on and it's cool to it's cool to listen and see how other people if you enjoyed this episode i would love it if you could do two things for me right now to help spread the word one take a screenshot and share it with your friends on your favorite social media don't forget to tag me i promise to personally respond to all tags and two i would also super appreciate it if you head over to itunes now to leave a rating and review so that we can reach more listeners And until next time, remember, you have the power to change your path.